I am so excited to announce that this is the 10th episode of the Misadventures with Mary Grace podcast. The big one oh, double digits, baby. Before I get into the podcast, I just want to say thank you so much for the support, for the listenership, for complimenting the podcast. I've had people reach out to me and it means the absolute world to me. It makes my heart so happy. And I I, I love doing this podcast so much. It's a labor of love and I just really can't believe how happy it makes me. I really look forward to sitting down and talking to myself for 30 minutes at a time. I'm just really grateful for all the love and support and I hope that one day my goal is that my grandkids can listen to this and my grandkids and their friends can laugh at their grandma. And when I dissipate, when I perish, when I go to meet Jesus, a piece of me will live forever and I will leave this behind and my art will remain. I just feel very grateful and very blessed and I just want to say thank you so much for listening. My heart feels very full. Like I I could cry right now. But we have laughing to do because it's the 10th episode. Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Can you dig it? So to commemorate the 10th episode of the pod, I'm going to do something very special. It's going to get real. It's going to get personal. And I am going to give you my top 10 most extreme list. So this will encompass pretty much the top 10 craziest things that have happened to me in my life. The capital of Maryland is Shenaniganville, so put on your seatbelts, because we are going 30 and a 25 again. There's always extreme weather outside when I decide to record my podcast, but you know what? We're doing it live. Are you ready for this? Dun, 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 dun. And the countdown begins. Number 10. Number 10 is the time that I thought I was having a heart attack at the Olive Garden. I went to Catholic school and we never had an anatomy class. So I always had to guess which body part was what. Where's my pancreas? My pancreas? No, no, notorious. Uh, My little brother called the pancreas the pancreas. But I don't know where that... I'm not going to lie. I don't know where it's located, okay? I'm going to have to Google it. I don't know where the fibula is. I don't know where the tibias is. But that's okay. I think you only need to know where they are if you break it. 
I think that's the only reason you need to know where those bones are. So this is the story. I was starving when I went there. And I ate so much of the soup, salad, and breadsticks before I got my entree. And I was in California at the time. So there was no leftovers being brought home. So, you know, I was going to eat that entire entree. So I did just that. And I ate so much food that I was paralyzed. Like, I could not move. And I laid down on the seat at the Olive Garden. And I was grabbing my chest. And I was like, oh my god, dad, I can't breathe. Oh my god. Oh my god, I think I'm having a heart attack. I was over there like, my heart, tell my family I love them. And I was really thinking like, wow, I really did it this time. Like, you did it, Mary Grace. You really... You may have a heart attack at the Olive Garden. And my dad looked at me and I was like, dad, like, I'm terrified right now. And he just looked dead serious. And he was like, Mayor, your heart is on the other side. And then I was like, whew, thank God. I was shaking my fist and I was like, damn you, unlimited soups and salads and breadsticks. Number nine. Number nine is like a double whammy. Whammy. I love when people do that. It's usually white people who do that. Who whip. Cool whip. So, yeah, they put like a an H before the W and then another H. So, number nine includes stories about two separate hotels that I stayed at. They shouldn't have been called hotels, if I'm being blatantly honest with you. So, my dad always wants to save money. That's where I get it from. So, if there's money to be saved, he's going to save it. And that usually means we stay in sketchy neighborhoods. But honestly, what's life without some danger? You know, I definitely feel more alive. Because I know danger is lurking right around the corner. Danger! She smashed the homie! That's from Flavor Flav's Flavor of Love. He was always like, what you talking about, pumpkin? You know what I'm saying? The best moment of that show, and maybe the best moment of my life was when Pumpkin spit on New York and New York was like, oh, hell no. Oh, hell no. She did not just spit on me. I love that. I remember I would like memorize what they would say and I would just like reenact it by myself. And New York grabs Pumpkin and they, like the editing is like slow motion. And I think they play like, you know, like a, like a, like a like a cheetah noise in the back because New York literally like snatched her up. And I was team New York because Pumpkin was straight up disrespectful. Like if you spit on someone, that's it. Like honestly, if a professional fighter were to spit on me, like it's going down. That's the one time that I, I'm not able to control myself because that's really, that's like the, for me, that's like the most dis- disrespectful thing you could ever do to somebody. And like I said, it doesn't matter if you're like a power lifter 
That's it. I'm throwing hands. I'm throwing these two small hands. Yeah, but Pumpkin got wrecked. And deservingly so. Like, what did she think was going to happen? Like, do you think New York was just going to be docile when you chose to do that? But Team New York forever. I just did, like, the the two um, hits to the chest and the peace sign. New York forever. Whenever I'm sad, I watch that. And it makes me smile. And I also, I also remember that they played, like, that music in the back. Like, a friggin' pumpkin is like a gazelle, and New York's like a cheetah. What was I even talking about? I don't even remember what I was talking about now. Oh, yeah, I was talking about danger. Danger smash the homie. So, usually in a hotel, and it's, it's a dangerous place. It is a dangerous place, usually. So, I have two stories here. So, the first one was Arizona and this actually happened last year and me and my father I, like they asked for a bunch of I like a bunch of ID a bunch of identification like more than usual they're like social security identification birth certificate and they had like like uh that really thick glass where you check in I guess because they have they probably had some shenanigans happening with the woman behind the the glass there but this was before we like did like hardcore reviews and that's what you have to do you just you always have to look at reviews and see what people are saying so we park in the parking lot and there's like people blasting music and me and my dad have our duffel bags and we literally walk right in between like a drug deal like two guys are meeting up and like shaking hands and we walked right in between them accidentally and then there's like a huge rock wedged in between the door like the side door of the hotel where you put your the key in and, and you can open it to get into like the uh, hallway area so there's like a huge rock there and we're lucky like there there were, were really no issues but I remember when I was in there I was really nervous so I started looking at reviews of the place to maybe make myself feel a little bit more comfortable because there was just a lot of bit, like a lot of business going on outside, a lot of funny business. Not that funny, funny business, business that scary, funny business. So I was looking at reviews, and somebody said, "I'll never stay here again." There are stray cats. There's a man sleeping in the hallway, and there's also a piece of shit in the hallway. I didn't see any of that. Thank the heavens. But I don't know what would have been more safe, that hotel or the car in the parking lot with all, all that stuff going on. It's like like a circus back there. And my favorite re- review was this woman said she was sleeping in her bed and she heard a, like a light knocking at the window. And then it got louder. And then she said that she just closed her eyes and she prayed that she would be alive in the morning. And she woke up and she was alive. So whoever was at that window left. But that is terrifying. Thank God I can fall asleep under stressful situations because that's what I did. I found solace in my dreams. And the craziest hotel story is when we stayed in Detroit. And there are really, really bad parts of Detroit. Like really, really scary parts. Um, And we definitely stayed in one of those parts so 
first of all, you had to, when you drove up to the place, there was a gate and then you had to like ring the bell and then they ask like, who are you and what are you doing here? And my dad was like, oh, we're staying here. Like we have a room and they like asked for a bunch of information. It was like a secret society. And then they let us in. And as soon as we walked in, there was a vending machine full of condoms and condoms only. So where are the snacks? Where are the snacks? So that was highly disappointing and quite frightening. And then we go to the room and the the bed takes up the entire room. And then they have a small television with like the antenna things that you see in the movies from like the 1920s or whatever where there's the antennas on it. You gotta move it and there's like foil and stuff. And there was only three channels. And one of the ch- one of the channels didn't work. One was like the local news. And the third one was the camera surveillance of the cars in the parking lot. So you can watch your car in the parking lot just in case somebody tries to steal it. And they were showing the cars and we were watching our car. That's the channel that we watched all night. Until we fell asleep. But the best part was that there was one car in the parking lot. And I was like, Dad, is there a person in that car? And it was a mop in the driver's seat with a bucket on the top. To make it look like there was a person in there. So maybe that would deceive people trying to steal vehicles. Very sketch Scary, but iconic. And it makes for a great story. Number eight. So I went to Ultra Miami, which is the biggest EDM festival in the United States. I went in 2018 and they have like 70,000 people per day. But before I get to that, a side note, that was also the time me and my friends thought that we were getting kidnapped by Scientologists. But then ended up seeing Tiesto perform at a secret location. Just to jot your mems. So, during one of the nights, we we were watching Marshmallow perform. Pretty sure it was Marshmallow. And we saw, like, the crowd right next to us disperse a little bit. Like, everybody moved, like, away from this one area. And I was like, oh my god, what happened? So I like pushed through everybody. And I looked. And there's a man on the floor. Shaking profusely. And there was the foam coming out of his mouth already. So he was having what looked like a seizure to me. And it was really, it was amazing to see the unity of people. Because they scooped him up as quick as they could. And they literally tossed him over this barricade where the EMTs were. And they just tossed him over. But that was a sight because I was really, I was scared. I was, I was like, I was tearing. Because to see that is really scary. But I really hope that that guy's okay. Um, All jokes aside, honestly. So... Moving on, 
the crazy story here is that after that, we moved, we were trying to get to the front, me and my friends, we like to be in the front, and we go to these festivals completely sober, because we have a game plan, we want to be front row, literally where your body is shaking from, like vibrating from the sound, and you feel like you're being burned from the the fire that they have. So we like to be close and focused and we don't use the bathroom or eat. So how am I alive? I don't know, people. I don't know. So we were trying to get to the front. We weren't in the front this time, but that's what we usually do. And we almost got hit by cake from Steve Aoki, which is really cool. But other than that, so we were maybe like 10 rows back or whatever. And... I was standing right behind this huge Russian guy. I found out I find out he's Russian later. So he was like dancing in a rude manner because he was dancing where he was like knocking into me. So I was fighting back, but subliminally. Like I wasn't pushing him, but I was like dancing forward on him, but then also like lightly punching him in the back. Like, in his book, like, his book bag. Because his book bag was literally, like, the buckles were in my mouth. That's how close he was to me. And he kept dancing, like, really hard for no reason. So, I was, like, pushing back. Because I have no room. And he was being rude. So, I was, like, pushing back. But, like, dancing. So, I was, like, punching and dancing at the same time. And sooner or later, he caught on. And he pushed me. Then I pushed him back. And then he pushed me again. And then I pushed him back. And I was like, hey, what's wrong with you? What, like, how are you, how are you pushing a girl? What's wrong with you? And then he was speaking to me in Russian. And he was getting really loud. And I was ready to risk it for the biscuit. But this guy was like double the size of me. And his girlfriend's just watching. So I was like yelling at the both of them. But he was really ready to knock me out. And he was wearing like a mask over his whole face. Because at festivals, that's like the thing. Is to look like an outer space Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle or something like that. So he was yelling at me in Russian, and I was like, you know what? I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna push my luck. I I wanted to, but I said I'm not gonna push my luck because this guy was literally ready to fight me. Like if he had sleeves, he would have rolled them up. But nobody has sleeves at those things, so um, so he was pushing me like I was one of the boys. So I said, you know, what? I'm not going to do it because if he punches me in the face and he runs away, what am I going to say? Oh, yeah, uh, that big guy with the mask. Like, nobody would ever find him and I would just lay there with no teeth. So I had no choice but to accept it and I stared at the back of his head for the remainder of the night. Great times. Great times. Number seven. I... This is about the time I went skiing... And I've never done any winter sports like that. Like, no skiing, snowboarding. It was a ski lodge, but I went snowboarding. So, I should have known that my fate was sealed when I went onto the bunny slope and almost knocked over, like, 30 children and almost got a concussion from the bunny slope. And the bunny slope is, like, the children's area for, like, beginners. 
And I don't know why they call it the bunny slope because it should not be called the bunny slope. That should be called like the monster slope. So I remember I completely busted ass on the bunny slope and nobody would help me. Literally everybody was skiing, uh, skiing over me or snowboarding over me and nobody helped me. The kids just looked, the trainers, whatever, the instructors just looked, nobody helped me, not a soul. Until I had my friends uh, snowboard over and they picked me up a few minutes later. Because I have no core strength and like I have strong legs, but my middle is just, it's just like, like pudding. There's, there's no muscle there. So like when I fall, there's no way I can like get myself up because my core is like, so I was just laying there and that's what I did the whole time. If I fell, I just laid there until somebody came across me lying there and helped me up. Like, there was a point I just didn't even ask for help anymore. I just laid there for as long as I could until somebody was like, hey, do you need help? Yes, I need help. Just laying there in my ski stuff. Soaking wet. And people would just be doing their ollies and their kickflips and their 360s right over me until minutes, you know, probably in the double digits minutes, people would come and help eventually because I was probably in their way I remember one guy was like hey ma'am you you can't lay there you have to get up I'm not I'm not choosing to lay here sir I can't get up I've tried and everybody just watches so this is where it gets spicy I was never taught how to stop okay I was only taught how to steer and even that I wasn't good at I wouldn't say I was good at it I was on the cusp of being okay at it So I never knew how to stop, but I'm a very determined person and I'm not a person that says no. I'm not a person that quits. I'm not a person that says, all right, I can just give up now. No, I have to sort of kind of do what I set out to do and be satisfied with it and leave something knowing I gave it 100%. That's how my brain is wired. So me and my friend decide that we want to like have a good run which I don't know if people use that I don't know if that's ski jargon or whatever but I'm making it up so a good run in my mind is just being able to survive snowboarding for as long as you can like being standing up and actually snowboarding so now this isn't the bunny hill the bunny slope and the bunny slope was already hell on earth so we already now we were just on the normal slope which is terrifying absolutely terrifying So my friend went and she went for a decent amount of time. So I was like, you know, let me straighten these legs out. And once I get some momentum, I'll worry about everything later. So I straighten myself out. I finally get up. I tell myself I want to do at least one good run before I leave. Because I paid money to be here. I want to make the best of it. Even if I just want to leave so badly I want to leave so badly but I said I need to leave feeling accomplished whatever that means in snowboarding terms so I'm on the snowboard and I pick up I pick up a head full of steam here like I'm going for like five seconds and I'm like wow wow this is pretty cool and I felt free as a bird Flying like a bird and I'm a fly away. I don't know where my home is. That's what I felt. I felt like that song. So 
I'm up for a good five seconds. Five seconds becomes 10 seconds. 10 seconds becomes 15 seconds. And you know, like in the cartoons when they become on fire, like that's how fast I was going. I must have been going like 40, 50 miles an hour. I, I felt like I was flying really. That's how fast I was going. And I was like, in my mind, I was like, this is so cool. I, I could see why snowboarders and people who like ice love to do this. Because you're just, you're gliding, you're having such a fun time. You feel free. I felt the wind in my hair under my helmet. And then I said to myself, the problem is here is that I don't know how to stop. I was never taught correctly. So this is going to end very, very badly. I just don't know how it's going to end yet. So now, like I said, I'm going probably 45, 40 to 50 miles per hour here. I'm flying. I'm flying. And I was going straight. And then all of a sudden, you know, your legs get a little weak or you move in any certain way. I'm starting to do this thing where I'm like swerving back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And I'm now trying to look for the nearest tree to stop me. I'm just going to grab it and see what happens. There's no trees. There was no trees. So what happens is, is I try to stop not knowing how. And I go completely sideways way too quickly. You're supposed to like glide into it. I did it like abruptly. And I go boom, 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 boom. I literally go face first into the snow. Bounce again forward. And then slide forward my whole body frontwards on the snow. And when I hit the ground, I felt everything in my body crack. I thought I lost half of me. And I let out this gasp that I didn't even have control over. And I felt like a spirit I felt like a spirit left my body and I saw, I saw an actual like whitish kind of mist come from my body and fly into the Alps. So a piece of me died that day. A piece, piece of me left. And I remember when that happened, I started crying. Because not only did I feel empty inside, but everything hurt so badly. I was crying and I said, Mary, you know, suck it up because my friend was coming so I didn't want to be like oh my god it hurts so bad and my soul's gone I didn't want to cry so I was like and I was just wiping my tears and she was like oh my god are you okay and I was like yeah I think and I remember after that a child knocked into me. So that was also awful. And I remember as soon as I fell, I I was I like looked around to see if anybody was around because I didn't want to be weeping, you know, in the cold hard snow. And I looked at the conveyor belt, the people go up to get all the way up to the top, and I saw a few you know, skiers, snowboarders, whatever. They were looking at me and their mouths were like literally their jaws were on the floor. They, like, could not believe what they saw either. They must have also saw my soul leave my body. But that, for a fact, is the last time I go snowboarding. I don't think I'll ever be complete again. And I don't think 
anybody should have to go through that. And I love everybody was telling me, oh, you should have done skiing. It's so much easier. It's so much better for beginners to go ski instead of snowboard. Well, thanks. And nobody tells you that board is like 8,000 pounds. Like every time I got up, I had to have people get me up. I couldn't just get up. I remember I was in like a group with like this foreign couple and they're like, oh my God, are you okay? Whatever accent that is. And I was like, maybe. Because I didn't know if I was okay. I don't like to think about it. Number six. That's me narrating. I'm hoping that it sounds like somebody else, but it's definitely, it definitely sounds like me with like a deeper tone of voice. So I did a stripping class with Groupon. So our instructor comes in, crawling in, and not in the sexual way, in like the grudge way, and this woman's name is Herbacea. An icon gets an iconic name. And she teaches us that the hips are the key to the stripping business. And she's over here teaching us all these sensual moves, and I'm in the corner waving my arms looking like a inflatable arm flailing tube man from the car dealerships. And her next lesson was that she was going to teach us how to sit in a chair in a seductive manner. And I was ready to bust out laughing, but I said, let me keep quiet because I don't want to disrespect Herbacea and her craft. And I didn't want to bring attention to myself because this is the Herbacea show, not mine. But somehow I always attract attention to myself. And she comes up to me and she's like, Hey, you got some bedroom eyes. And I was like, uh, um, and then she was like, yeah, girl, you know, you're, you're working it over here. And I told her that this, these are not bedroom eyes. This is what lack of sleep looks like. I just got some small eye holes. There's nothing I could do about it. Like everybody in high school always thought I was high. I had my math teacher come up to me at the junior banquet and take the drink out of my hand. And he was like, are you drunk or are you high? And he takes the drink out of my hand, puts his whole mustache in my drink and sniffs it. And I'm like, no, my aunt is the secretary of this school. And I'm the captain of the softball team. Like, put some respect on my name because... I have morals. I have standards. Come on. At the junior banquet, when I'm the captain of the softball team, let's be re- let's be realistic here. And if you do that, that's cool. Like I'm not I'm not judging. I'm just saying that I cannot believe like the audacity to take the drink out of my hand and sniff it. Like I'm not going to sneak booze into the junior banquet. I didn't even have a purse. So, like, where where was I hiding that? Up my ass? But I always get that. I always get that. And people always ask me that. And I get it from my dad and my sister. My sister has small eyes. We're like, if we were, like, in the Charlie Brown characters, like, their eyes. They don't have eyes. They just have, like, those two, like, like uh, squ- squiggly lines or, like two hyphens like that's what my eyes look like i can't help myself it's just my genetics and then she closes out the class by by doing 
a dance routine. So she turns off the lights. There's fog and strobe lights. And she does a whole routine. And you can tell she's getting a little tired as she does it. And she does this thing that I call the scorpion kick. So she's laying down on her belly in like a C shape, if you can imagine that. And she uses all of her might to fling her legs over her head and she kicks her heels together and she sort of kind of lands upright and she flipped over but it was like on purpose I'm still speechless to that day and that image of her will forever be ingrained in my memory So, you know, like they say when you die, you get like all the memories, they like fly through your head really quickly. Like that's going to be one of them. So thank you, Herbacea. That woman should have been in the Olympics for what? I don't know, but she deserves to be there. But a stripping instructor told me I have the look. So if this comedy thing doesn't work out, you know where I'll be at. You know where I'm at. You know where I be. That was, uh from a song from uh, a Cardi B song but yeah you know just as for uh, cinnamon or karma or honey glazed donut you know what I'm talking about or snickerdoodle I like snickerdoodle it's like a little bit of mystery there you know or fried ravioli yeah Fried ravioli. Or. Extra salty pretzel. You know what? I'm going to stop while I'm ahead. But I definitely, if I were a stripper, I would definitely want a food related name. That is 100% sure. I'm 100% sure of that. That's a fact. Call me Raisinette. But, uh. Or Rosinette. I actually met a woman named Rosinette. And I said, like, Raisinette? Your name is like Raisinette. And she's like, no. Or she, she, or she was like, yeah, but with an O, Rosinette. That's what my first child, that's what my, my first newborn child is going to be called, Rosinette. Rosinette Mary Grace Jr., my, my name hyphen, my husband's name. Thank you for tuning in to the There's Something About Mary special. Part one, that was only half of the countdown that you listened to, and I will have the other half of the Misadventures of Mary Grace most extreme top 10 countdown next week, so I hope you're very excited. If you think that was crazy, wait till you hear one through five. It gets even more crazy if you if you can believe it it does my life gets even more crazier than that put on two seatbelts not just one might go a little faster this time instead of going a 30 and a 25 maybe we'll go like a a nice 35 or 37 that's risky that's risky so you want to make sure you uh buckle up your your kids seats you know Make sure everything's fastened back there because we're going to be hitting some bumps soon. The fun bumps, not the bumps that are like, ow, that hurt. The bumps that are like, wee, when you hit them. 
in somebody else's car, not your car. Because that usually does damage. I've been there, done that. That's what happens when you don't see speed bumps. But honestly, from the bottom of my heart, thank you so much, cousins. I'm so grateful for the support. And I'm so happy to share my life with you. I love you all. Peace out. And I will catch you next week. Yeah. Ha, 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 ha.